What's up, everybody? It's episode 21 of the podcast. Before we get started, I have a sponsor, non-sponsor. They are not a paid sponsor, but I know the guys, and I know what kind of job they do and the quality, so I'm going to support them, and that's RK Mobile RV Repair. They, If you have anything on like a mobile living device, like a camper, an RV, those sort of things, check these guys out on their Facebook page. They can most likely take care of you and fix whatever problem is from window leaks, plumbing, electrical, AC units, you name it. If you have a hunting lease and you have a mobile device that you live out of, they can more than likely fix whatever problem you have and do it quickly and with great service. So please support. Go check out if you have any of these needs. R&K Mobile RV Repair. I believe in the company and you will too once you use them. Now, moving on from that. After that sponsor, non-sponsor, which is so awesome that I get to advertise something on the podcast or practice doing it. So thank you, Danny, for letting me do that. Um, I have full-time hunting guide Tim Goodman on the show. And I've had this question a lot. um, About three years ago, I wanted to get into hunting. And I had this question of how do I get started if I don't have any family members or any land or I'm in a place where I don't have a lot of access? How do I I get involved in hunting? So this is basically a how-to guide to begin your hunting adventures and Tim does a great job in explaining it so instead of me babbling on about it in this intro I'm gonna let Tim explain it so please everybody enjoy Tim Goodman there we go I think we're rocking and rolling sweet all right thanks for doing this Tim absolutely glad to be here now I guess I found out uh, about you looking at your Instagram page um, all the hunting stuff and I've been wondering some questions about getting into bow hunting and it turns out you're full-time guide right yeah pretty much yeah full-time guide at uh, arrowhead outfitters in cameron texas uh we specialize in mainly wild hog hunts so we have about fifteen thousand acres um pretty close to the brazos river so it's pretty much pristine hog habitat um a lot of a lot of activity we have a lot of whitetail deer um as well really good really good bucks and it's all all low fence, so fair chase and stuff like that. It's a, it's a pretty good gig. I can't complain. Yeah, and it says I looked at the website. It said bobcats and coyotes as well. Yeah, we have some we have some predators. Uh, we have a lot of thickets out there, a lot of mesquite brush and stuff like that. So there's a lot of predators, uh, especially coyotes. We've been seeing a lot lately, especially with the calves that have been dropping. Um, so we we stay pretty busy with with predator control just as much as hog control. So yeah. That's that's pretty that's it, that's pretty cool stuff. There's a picture of you holding, I think, a bobcat up on there. Yeah, and I think the website said mountain lions as well. There are occasional mountain lions. There out is. There, so. Yeah, we've uh, we've I've I haven't personally seen one, but I know my boss is. He said that he he thought he saw one that's crossed the road. They're they're a little more sly than you know a bobcat or a coyote. So as far as getting an eye on them, that's that's pretty tough, and it's a pretty pretty awesome experience if you do get to see one. But uh, but yeah, every now and then you'll 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 get around there. You'll see some tracks and stuff like that. It's a little eerie when you're walking in the dark. It's the first thing that pops in your mind. I'll tell you that. But but yeah, with the bobcat, that kid, uh, they were from Wyoming, and and he went down and he just shot a hog, and as he shot the hog, uh, you know, the excitement kind of settled down, and then before he knew it, he had he was using night vision, so that obviously helps too. And he got to uh, see that bobcat coming in and, and investigate that dead pig and. It was a really big tom too, so really, really nice, nice cat. So, did uh, did they come all the way from Wyoming just to hunt? Yeah. The so, hunting? so honestly, a lot of our clients are are people from up north that don't normally have access to hunting hogs. Um, 
So I think I don't think I've ever taken anybody out that's actually from Texas. We have a lot of guys from Minnesota, Wyoming. Uh, we actually I just guided a couple from Alaska that drove all the way oh, down to Alaska awesome. to hunt. Isn't that to hunt where hogs. your thing's based out of? Is that what I saw? Yeah. No? So they the Arrowhead place. As far as what I know, if how all that went, they started in Alaska and they do um, guided caribou, brown bear, and moose hunts. And then they also had at one time, I believe, a, a place in Colorado for elk and mule deer, and then they have the Texas hog hunt. So they uh, they definitely got a little little bit of options as far as what they do. And I know the summertime is is typically when they're in Alaska doing those hunts, and then in the fall, obviously it's pretty rough, you know, staying in Texas during the summertime. So it uh it's just how that is. But but yeah, no, they uh they've got a lot going on, and they they're really successful in in Alaska as well. Uh, sorry, but the dogs are at it again. They were just laying down the whole time, and now they're up horsing around. Um, do you ever get to go on the elk hunts? I have not. Um, I'm I'm really trying to work on it. I think eventually I'm gonna I'm gonna work my way up to get over there. Uh, I, this isn't related to Arrowhead, but I'm gonna go out west for my first west uh, or first western hunt. We're going. Me and some friends are gonna go to Arizona. And go after coos deer and mule deer with nice. archery. So nice. That's and I know awesome. the the coos deer is going to be really really hard to do. So I, that's kind of why I want to do it. And I want to do the hiking all, and all that. Yeah, stuff. the stalking. That was yeah. what I was about to ask you. Yeah. It's all about the stalk, like stalking stuff. Exactly. And, yeah, and stalking them, and then just the the whole process of you know miles to get to your spots, and you know if it all comes together and just packing everything out. I just want the whole experience of of being out west. I don't necessary get that you know here in texas so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that i think it's gonna be pretty awesome now do you guys do like stocks for your hogs you walk around for them and look for them yeah uh do you sit in a stand how's that work so typically uh how a, a typical hunt what we do is it's all uh, stands and feeders most of the time our clients they're going to be rifle hunters uh, we don't get as many bow hunters as i would like um so that as far as the rifle hunters, we typically will set them at different feeders depending on, you know, we base it on wind and, and activity. You know, we're not going to send anybody if there's not solid activity in that area. But, yeah, most of them are hunting over feeders. And um, if if that's kind of slow or, or whatever, we, uh, we'll happily take people out. And we just kind of cruise around and look for pigs out in the open or, or feeding, in, you know, on trails and stuff like that and, you know, just play the wind and uh, then when we do spot some pigs and it, it's that's when we'll go after the, the do the spot and stock kind of style um, with the rifle I think it's a little bit easier you know you can easily get into 70 80 yards um, with the bow it gets a little more challenging um, you know hopefully trying to get to you know 20 30 yards is the goal making it as easy of a shot as possible you know and, and kind of leave out the room for for air because you know when you're walking up and if you've not really experienced it when you're walking up on a pig it's nerve-wracking i've done it many many times and it's every time i do it's like the first time i've done it every time it's it's a rush so and i think that's a big part of uh, why people want to do the spot and stock because you're getting up pretty personal and getting close and getting to trick their senses and their eyes is just really cool i think yeah that's what that's the one that intrigues me is the the stalking it um one because i know some people who've had like dogs that they do the hog hunting with the dogs and stuff and you see how they can just with one swipe tear something up oh, like absolutely. just tear them up and they wear those vests and they still lose dogs so it's it's a i mean that's kind of a sad part i don't know how i feel about the dog part of it but um they're not something to play around with 
for sure. They can be super vicious. I know that part. So that would be kind of like the whole hunter gatherer part of thing that I would like to do. Like that's what interests me, not sitting in the stands so much, but I do want to get out and hunt something at some point in time. How, how, how did you get into hunting? So for me personally, I was lucky enough, uh, to kind of be raised in a, in a hunting family. My stepdad, uh, came into my life when I was in uh sixth grade as when my mom met him and they got married and he was a really, really big hunter, uh, really big bow hunter. Um, so he's pretty much taught me everything that I, that I know. Um, and still to this day, he still teach me. There's, there's still so much to be, you know, to be learned in, in that aspect of hunting. But yeah, I was, I was really lucky and, and he's always took us and always put us first as far as hunting. And he, he probably missed a good couple opportunities just to, for us to be successful. But, um, but yeah, I was, I was lucky enough to be raised in that hunting family and he's taught me a lot. And, um, I remember him getting my first bow in seventh grade and I was just absolutely hooked. And I think it was, I think I bow hunted for three or four years before I actually even killed anything. So, uh, but yeah, I, he, uh, he's been great. Uh, he's, he's taught me a lot and, you know, I'm really happy to have him come to my life and everything like that. So, so you've been shooting a bow since you were seventh grade. Yep. And then but, now till what, 24, you said you were? Yes, sir. Yeah, man. That's like the practice that it, I, I've always heard it takes a lot of practice and I shot my bow for quite a bit, but nothing to that sort of extent. You know, I'm just trying to learn because I, I want to go out there and I want to kill the animal and not, I don't want to injure it. Uh, I'm big on that. Like, I don't want to miss when I, like if I do it, I don't want to miss. I want to be good and want to be accurate with it. And um, it's a lot tougher than you think, than I thought it was anyway. I thought, oh, I'll get it. Once I get it sighted in, it's going to be like a gun. You know, you just put the little crosshairs on it, bang, you shoot it. But so many things can go wrong when you're shooting a bow. Yeah, and that's technique and everything in it. Oh, yeah, that's the truth of it. Bow hunting, uh, like I always kind of laugh about it, is just, you know, hunting in itself is, is really hard. You know, with a rifle, you know, being successful it's challenging and then when you throw a bow into equation it's even it just makes it even harder you know there's a lot that goes into being accurate um with a bow obviously practice you know practice is huge but as far as your form goes and stuff like that you have to be really consistent if you want to be consistent in hitting the target that you're aiming for and you want to be accurate i mean everything from your grip to your anchor point um, to make sure your bow's level. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. And like I said, that's always the goal. You want to be good enough to where you, you know, you make a quick and clean kill. You don't want the animal to suffer. Um, so being accurate is, is really important. So, you know, with bow hunting in general, it's just something that you got to practice. You got to stay with it. Um, it's not something that's like, I want to go hunting. I hadn't shot my bow in a year, but I just want to go out without practicing. It's like, I mean, if, you know, maybe you can get lucky or whatever, but it's just, it's, you know, for the animal's sake, it's just, you know, you really do owe it to them to, to make a quick, clean kill and, you know, make it as painless as possible. And, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Bow hunting is very tough and it's, you know, I have nothing against rifle hunters and everything, but I just think that with a bow, it's just the challenge aspect of it. And, and anybody that likes something, they really got to work at and yeah. That, you know, I mean, bow hunting, that's, that's what, you know, that's what it is. It's a, it's a challenge and it's a, a process. It takes a, re- a really, really long time to be, you know, always, always accurate and consistent. 
Um, you know, even as long as I've been shooting, I, I still try to shoot every day. I try to practice as much as I can um, just to, you know, that I know that I can make that shot and have no problems recovering the animal. I don't like wounding them, like you said. I, I really don't like doing that. Um, so, yeah, bow hunting can be really rewarding, but it can be very, very challenging. That's for sure. No. What got you into guiding? Like, when did you decide, I want to be a full-time guide? So, with what kind of what happened for me, I think I just kind of, uh, maybe a little bit of dumb luck that I fell into what I'm doing now in the senses. So, I started out as a client at Arrowhead Outfitters. When I first moved to College Station, um, anywhere that I could hunt was three hours away back home. And making that drive every weekend got really tough. And so, I just kind of did some research and I was like, you know, I, I don't know about deer cause I know it's a little more expensive, but I know I can find some hog hunting somewhere. So I did a little research and I found Arrowhead and, um, I went out there and they never really had many bow hunters and, and still, you know, we don't have that many bow hunters. So he was really excited. Mark, who's the, the owner over there. Um, he, uh, he was really excited to get me out there. And honestly, the first day I went out there, it was, you know, there was pigs everywhere, but, um, but what it was, it was just consistently going, you know, I was going there a couple times a month just to get out there, get out in the woods, get away from, you know, college classes and stuff like that. And we ended up being really good friends. And I noticed that he was kind of, it was kind of a one man show as far as, you know, he was taking guys out, he was skinning, he was maintaining everything. And I just kind of offered my help. And what it really started out was, was I will hunt if I will work for free, if you let me hunt for free. And that's, that's what it really started as. And so I'd come out and I'd do work all day and then I'd hunt the evenings and it became that. And then he was like, it just kind of ended up offering that I learned the ranch and, um, I learned, you know, the way things that he wanted done. And, um, and then it just kind of took off from there and he just kind of offered me the position. I was happy to take it. And, uh, that's just kind of what it started, but I, I was pretty lucky to find that, uh, I've always loved, you know, I've always told myself I wanted to be a guide in some aspects. And, you know, I think this is a great start for, for me. You know, there's things I want to get to. You know, I definitely want to get out west maybe and, and do some of that kind of guiding too. But for for a 24-year-old kid that, you know, always wanted to be a guide, this is the best thing I could, I've ever found, you know. So I'm pretty happy about that. But, yeah. That's, that's awesome that you basically did like an internship. That's basically, yeah. yeah. It's, pre- it's pretty cool. Like you say, like kind of lucky that you fell in you kind of made it happen at the same time but um it's cool to hear the process of you you basically said i just want somewhere to hunt let me do this and then now you're what you're 24 and you're doing exactly what you wanted to do set out to do in the first place as your vocation so i that that's just a neat process to hear um that you hear all the time, like I hear it all the time on other podcasts or other shows, you know, people find their dream jobs and they do things like that, but it's neat to be sitting across from somebody and just to hear that story. That was pretty cool as far as, um, as far as how you became a guide. Um, take me like, what's the process of how's your, how's your guide hunt go with like a client? Let's say I sign up and like, what would our day be like? So a typical day, um, Awesome thing is depending, you know, most, even our day hunts and stuff like that, uh, Mark's wife uh, does all the cooking, so you get breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, so usually what we'll do is we'll wake up in the morning about an hour before we want to go out. Um, some people want breakfast before and after, whatever they you, want. Do you stay out there at the place? I do, yeah. We have we have uh, guides quarters that I stay out at, and 
we have a little cabin that sleeps four people and then we have another part of the cabin that's a bunk bed that'll sleep another probably five or six um so there's there's hunters uh, quarters and there's guides quarters um so i'll stay out there um and basically you know first thing we'll get up in the morning we'll go eat some breakfast and then um i look at the wind um and i and based off the wind because i want to put the hunter where they're going to have the best chance that's always the goal and uh, for me, I, I always look at the wind and, and kind of see where that's going. Then we'll base off that. You know, we got north wind stands, south wind stands, so vice versa. So wake up, look at the wind, look what the weather's doing. Um, and we'll just kind of go from there. And so a typical hunt, you know, if we're not doing like the spot and stock kind of stuff, we'll get up, do that. We'll take the guys out and we'll just, we'll drop them at the stands that we think are going to be the most productive. And um, typically mornings, with the cooler weather have picked up, but with the warm weather, the mornings are a little bit slower. Um, so we don't kill as many pigs as we would in the afternoon. Um, so we'll set these guys out and, uh, you know, usually after I set it, I'm usually going out to scout. So I'll drop some guys off and then I'll go cruise some areas looking for pigs um, and just kind of keep an eye on and, and look at different areas. A lot of my job, what I do, obviously, you know, filling feeders, stands and different stuff like that. I do a lot of scouting um, and so I know where to take these guys that want to do it. So say I take these guys out and we're not seeing anything in the morning. And I always just ask them, like, you guys want to go look for some pigs or you want to go, go in and rest for a little bit. And so, you know, if they want to go out, then I'll remember where I saw the pigs and, you know, they, they move fairly fast. So, um, you know, sometimes you can lose them, but yeah, we'll set them there and then I'll pick them up and we'll just, uh, we'll go cruising around for pigs and then, Usually middle of the day is when the, the hunters hang out, eat lunch, and that's usually when I get my work done for the day. Uh, anything that, you know, blind maintenance, um, stuff like that. So that's kind of during the day. The hunters hang out, kick back, rest up. And then about 3.30 with it being a little darker, um, you know, earlier, about 3.30 we get everybody ready and we go out for the next sit. Um, and if, if that doesn't pan out, you know, most of our feeders are getting hit really hard right now. But if that doesn't pan out, uh, we have a couple options. We can pick you up early, take you out on a spot and stock, or we can bust the night vision out and, and go out into the oats um, if if they want to do that. And right now the oats are getting really long, so that's a really popular area to take people. So um, then, you know, if if you don't get a hog in the evening, pick you up and we'll take you out and, and look around with the night vision and find them. And they're usually pretty easy to find it in the dark, so... Uh, especially with the, the infrared and stuff that we're using, it's it's pretty awesome. How does so, night vision work with a bow? So with the bow, it, it's pretty. It's probably not going to happen. So what we can do, as far as if you want to shoot a bow or you want to do with the bow, we have a night vision monocular, um, and what we'll do is we'll locate pigs, play the wind, and we'll sneak up. And usually, what we'll have is most bow hunters, if they're going to hunt at night, we recommend to have a red light. And there's a lot of different options that you can use, like how to mount the light on your bow. And what we'll do is we'll sneak up, and once we get in range, you know, we'll kick that light on and slowly lower it down on them, and then you can shoot them. As far as anything night vision, I don't think there's anything night vision as far as, like, sights or anything, but that's usually, we'll use night vision to locate them, get close enough, and then usually use a red or a green light. They usually don't pick those those colors up too well Yeah. Um, in, in the middle of the night and get up close and 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 make your shot like that um it's a little more nerve-wracking though because when you're in the dark they don't know you're there and when you shoot they scatter 
and you don't know where they're going to run. And usually the guy <laughs> slings, pounded. Oh yeah, usually the guy slings the light away, so there's just chaos, and you just hope a pig doesn't run over you. That's <laughs> that's kind of how that can go. It, I just put myself right there. Oh, and like, I'm sling the light you. away, and you're like. Oh man! I'm like I always tell them like keep the light on so we know where they're going because they're gonna scatter and there's no telling they could run right between your legs or right over the top of you. So you're always trying to kind of keep an eye on where they're going. But do you guys, um, I guess, dress them and people eat what they kill out there? Is it just for like management purposes? So how how we feel and I'm really, you know, in Texas, I, I'm not speaking for everybody, but pigs. To me, I really do have a lot of respect for them. Um, I think they're really tough animals. I've I've seen um, some really good shots made on pigs, and they just they keep fighting. You know, they're really really tough brute animals, and so they won't give up. And um, for us, you know, our kind of our policy is, you know, when someone comes out there and they pay to to hunt, it's unlimited pigs. I mean, if you want to shoot fifty pigs, you're gonna shoot fifty pigs. But our rule is only shoot what you're going to take we don't shoot anything and let lay oh that's cool you know that's just not what we do so you know if if you don't want to take you know if don't shoot six pigs if you want to keep one of them you know that's kind of our our look at and yeah we'll we'll take some of the meat if if you have a little bit extra that's not a problem but we don't want somebody to just go lay waste on you know 10 pigs and just like oh i don't want these anymore like that's just not how we do we we keep it really ethical um and you know we we eat everything that we kill, and it's a big part of that. Um, it's a really good lean protein, um, so it's a really good, you know, really good quality meat. Um, usually, the smaller pigs, if, if someone's going out there to look for, a, you know, for meat and stuff, the smaller, younger pigs are the way to go. You know, fifty to hundred pounders tastes Re- better. Tastes better. Meats, you know, a lot tender. The old those old boars. I mean, the meat's not wrong, but those old boars are just tough. They've been around longer and been fighting and whatnot like that. But but yeah, no, we we're really adamant about you know, being ethical and, you know, we're not out here to just shoot everything and just let it lay and go to waste. You know, that's just not what we envision hunting and, and being outdoors. We, there's a level of respect that should be given to all animals that, you know, that are out there that we go after. So that's really important to us. Yeah, man, that's, I, I dig the idea. I mean, I don't disagree with the management part of it where they just shoot the pigs cause they just tear stuff up. Yeah. Um, which I've seen that living next to farmers and people who own fields and driving across them and having to work in them. Sometimes it's like, man, they really do. And there's so many of them, but I really like, like I'm on the side that shoot it. You should take it out, you know, and eat it. So that's pretty cool. Um, as far as like a hundred pound pig, how much meat do you get? Like how, how many, how many pounds of meat do you roughly get out of a hundred pound pig? So about a hundred pound pig, um, I'd say pretty close to 40, 40, 45 pounds. Um, you know, most of the pigs, they, you know, a lot of your weight's going to come from your hams. Um, the, as far as like, maybe like your back strap or anything like that, you're not going to get as far as a big, heavy back strap. You know, they're, they're going to be a little, a little bit leaner than like what you'd find like the supermarket. You know, these pigs are always on the move and they they travel really far distances to look for food so they're they're very lean and muscular so you can you can get a good i'd say probably 40 40 50 pounds of meat um, off of about a hundred pound pig or so that's awesome Um, yeah so you get i mean one pig is it'll do you pretty well um you know there's nothing wrong with shooting a bigger pig obviously like we had a a client come out and shot a, a pretty good boar almost about a 200 pound boar and I mean that 
you get almost 100 pounds of meat off of that, you know. Uh, yeah. Really big hams, big um, backstrap. And, and we pretty much salvage everything, ribs, backstrap, tenderloins. Uh, there's really not much that goes to waste when, when we, you know, quarter up these pigs and stuff. You know, we want the most, you know, meat taken from it and nothing wasted. So that's yeah. that's pretty important to us. And, I mean, it's great food. I mean, when you can fill your freezer and, you know, I mean, shoot four or five pigs and you're you're going to be good on, on meat for a while, you know. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's one of the things I've always wanted to do is, like, shoot something and then have enough meat to feed my family for an extended period of time like where you don't have to go to the grocery store and buy protein you can cook the protein right there with it that's what um obviously i've never deer hunted i was telling you earlier like i've only bird hunted a lot but i never really deer hunted or hog hunted or anything like that and that kind of leads me into the whole reason we got into this discussion about doing a podcast was someone like me who's in an area where I don't have anybody that has land that goes out, you know, that I can go with and go hunting. And I bought a bow. I was telling you, I bought a bow like three years ago. I'm like, I'm going to go hunting. I was all fired up. I went to the range like every weekend as much as I could during the day, practicing with my bow and then asking people. And I just couldn't find a place. I couldn't figure out how to do it. I couldn't figure out how to actually get out and go hunting. With some, You can't just walk out in somebody's field and start hunting. Like, especially if you don't know what you're doing. Right. So what's the process for someone like me that may even have less of an opportunity to know people but really wants to get into hunting side, whether it be gun or a bow? I think as far as there's the downside of, you know, living in Texas as far as what, you know, as far as public land um, – Texas is, I want to say, 90% privately owned. Yeah. So, like other states where you don't have to own land, um, it's, you know, anybody can get out there. The, that public land is out there for everybody. And so, there is public land and there's, you know, you could research on Texas Park and Wildlife. There's public land to go to that anybody can go out to as long as you have your the right, you know, the right uh, license. And I believe you need a public land stamp for Texas um, on your license. Um, I think it's like a $40 stamp or something like that. Um, that's, I mean, as far as having no resources, as far as like land to go to and stuff like that, that's the harder part of living here. Uh, you just don't have the access and somebody that wants to get into it and doesn't know anybody. That's, that's a little bit harder, uh, of something to solve. But I know like, uh, there's an area in Granger, uh, that is, uh, they have hog hunts. It's all public land. Um, that stuff's the real deal, though. I mean, if you can be successful on public land, that's that's the real deal right there. There's, you know, you're not coming to a feeder that they know is there. You're you're looking for these pigs as they are. Um, so that would be my thing is just trying maybe do some research is is trying to find what public land is available if you are in Texas. Um, it definitely becomes easier um, in other states, you know, when you have the the access to that, but. Yeah, there, there's there's always some options you can do. It, it may be tougher. Um, that's probably most definitely it's going to be harder, and um, it's going to take a lot more effort. But, yeah, you can absolutely – you can still make it happen. So even let's say, in Texas. Let's say I, I find public land in Texas, or I even go out of state. What is the process? So me being like, okay, I've got my license. I've got my, my gun or my bow. Um, where do I go set up? How do I figure out – where to go in this public land, how to hunt it, because you've got other hunters out there. It's public land. It's just like when we when I duck hunt in Arkansas, it's you all public. 
I mean, you get to your spot first, you get it, you lay claim to it. But where do you know that spot is? Because you're kind of out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not necessarily always just people hunting from stands, you know. So, I'm just curious: is that process? How would I do that? I think um, a really good resource as far as kind of finding your areas and stuff like that. There's an app. It's called Onyx Maps, and they offer all public land. They have it. You can look up the area you're at and you can find public land. And basically what I recommend is trying, like as far as finding areas and finding good areas is, is Google Maps, even, like I said, even just Google Maps and just looking for characteristics of land. Um, you know, anything that, you know, obviously doing research to look up you know, what kind of habitat's the best and stuff like that or, or talking to people that, that have been, you know, doing it for a while. But I think maps just as like, you know, for example, like fishing, you know, looking for different areas that you think are good and looking for different characteristics, um, maybe a natural funnel or, or something that, you know, it's going to push game to, or an easier access point for game to cross through than just the thick brush. Um, you just, that's, that's what I would think is just characteristics and looking for different things in the woods that stick out that, you know, are, are fairly easy to access, but, um, you know, areas that you think that, you know, animals will be, uh, it's just, it is definitely difficult though, you know, going to a, a place initially blind and not knowing where to go and, and everything like that. I just, I feel like just research and, and look for maps and, and kind of collaborate with somebody if, if available to, to kind of pin out what, what you think you're, you're going to be your best options as far as finding a, a good area to set a stand or to, you know, make a little ground blind or something like that. That stuff's pretty easy to do. I know public land can be a little, a little crazy about maybe like stealing stuff and stuff, having, oh, yeah. having blinds and different things like <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Or, or tree stands. Uh, yeah. Somebody will, will snag that or cameras. Like, you know, a lot of people will go in, hike in, set cameras in areas that they think, you know, that uh, animals are going to be. And that's a really good tool, you know, scouting wise is, Setting cameras, it's like, you know, looking at maps and say, you know, I think this is going to be a good area. Set a few cameras and, I mean, obviously you just hope that somebody's not going to take it, you know. But that's what I recommend is just a lot of scouting, a lot of research uh, before going into it. Yeah. The, so you kind of have an idea of where you need to start and where to go. And The difference between the fishing and the hunting thing is you can't accidentally get shot definitely while not. fishing. You yeah. know, I guess you... That, that'd be really hard. That'd right. be a really hard accident. That'd be, really that'd bad be more like on purpose. Right. But, um, you know, so you can hit a spot and you can mess somebody's fishing up and they're just going to be like, well, whatever. But hunters, on the other hand, they're going to be, they've done a lot of work. If they know this public land, they're going to go to these spots. And if you're a kook, so to speak, and you go out there and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And you accidentally mess up that guy's situation because you walked into a spot. You're ne- you should have known you weren't supposed to. You know, that sort of thing can really happen real easy if you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not doing it on purpose. So that's kind of why I was asking. Because for me, I think about that stuff like, yes, I've got common sense. I can go out there with my bow. But what if I walk in this guy's lane? What if I get in this wrong piece of property? Um, that's the nerve-wracking part for me. I'll go sit somewhere and wait forever, you know, do whatever I need to do as far as that goes. And figure out the learning process that way. But um, the thing I worry about is other people hunting. I don't want to mess up their time as well or make them mad or get shot yeah or shoot somebody you know you don't know what's behind you that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff so 
that I guess that's why I was asking that question is how do you avoid doing that sort of thing? I think that that's just a little harder in the aspect of, you know, you know where you're going to go, but you're not going to know where everybody's set is. Yeah. And that, I think that's just what comes like, if you're going to hunt public land, be ready for that to happen. You know, you can't be, you know, being like, say like a public land veteran that goes all the time and has this spot and stuff. You're in public land. There's going to be guys that are new to it. And I think that's just what comes along with it. You know, there's going to be guys, I mean, it happens all the time. Like, you know, I, I, I've seen, you know, many hunting videos and of guys, you know, out West, like elk hunting and stuff. And these guys have worked hard about to get on an elk. And here comes this dude just trotting along and there goes the elk, you know, they're just that aspect like that. You don't, you don't know where they're going to be at, you know, and you just, you, you hope you don't bust anybody's set, but being in public land, it's just something I think you have to, you have to prepare for as, as being like, if you were there and, and you got your set, like you just got to know that it's a possibility, you know, you can't, not everybody's going to know where you're at, you know what I mean? And especially tree stands or something like that. I personally feel a little bit more comfortable going to the areas that are archery only. Um, I just feel in the aspect of, cause you don't know people's, you know, um, how would you say like their hunting background or anything like that? Because there's a lot of people that aren't as educated and they are just going to shoot movement. And you, and you hear <laughs> a lot a of stories. Thought. It's a very scary thought. And you hear a lot of stories about people, turkey hunters or, or whatever, just getting peppered by a turkey shot because they just saw somebody moving. And it's like, that's the scary aspect. But with an, with a, you know, with a bow and these archery only places like that place that I mentioned in Granger, I believe it's hog, it's archery only. And it's only hogs that you can hunt in there. Um, if, if I'm correct on that, but that's a, makes me feel a little more comfortable that the archery only areas that I know I don't have to worry about stray bullets flying through there or anything like that. Um, and with a bow, it's going to be close enough that you're not going to be mistaken of what you are. You know, you're not going to shoot anything yeah. hundreds of yards off, you know, that's just yeah. kind of moving around. So I think getting started, definitely, you know, stay in, in the archery only spots, um, it'll definitely you know it's just a little bit safer and obviously a lot of those places require you to wear you know safety orange um so you do stick out you know there's you're not mistaken for is that like a rule they have it is yeah just just so people you know like i said when you're wearing camo and you just see i I can see where people mistake of thinking there's an animal there you should never shoot anything or even attempt to before you 100 percent confirm what it is um but it does happen so the safety orange is like uh, you know there's not there's not a white-tailed deer with an orange hat walking through there, you know. So it's just like, okay, that kind of takes some of the air out of it. But um, it's just being safe. But, yeah, that's I think that's a little bit of the harder aspect of just not wanting to bust somebody that that's, has a set, you know. Yeah. And I think it's just kind of what comes with the territory, you know, being in public land. You're going to have people wandering through. They don't know where your stands are. They don't know where your setup is and stuff like that. So um, you just – I think – on those aspects, you really hope that you tuck in somewhere where nobody's going to get into the real nasty stuff that nobody yeah. wants to, and you shouldn't worry about it. But, but yeah, and also just going with, with people um, and maybe going with somebody that, that has some experience, it definitely always helps um, starting in, in a new area and, like like I said, hunting public land. And there's a lot of people that hunt public land that have never done it themselves, so you're, you know, you're not the only one sometimes. And, you know, there's going to be people wandering around and, and trying to find some animals, so... Uh, that comes with that, but but I will take you out for a hog hunt for yourself. <laughs> you ain't gonna worry about any other awesome. hunters there, uh, so <laughs> you won't have to worry about that at all. But 
No, that's, I mean, all that's good information. Like to hear that, not really don't worry about that part. Just try to be as cautious as you can and don't worry about the other hunter. If he gets maybe a little upset, you know, y'all are both hunting public land. It's cool to know because I can just speak from experience. The, the only thing I have to relate it to is duck hunting. When I went in Arkansas in the public, the flooded timbers up there in Davos, both of my uncle, um, we go to, they'd scout and they'd get their own secret little spot and it's intense and it's a small town. Everybody's camping close by. And if you get to a spot before, cause you can't put in the water until a certain time. If you don't get to that spot before that person, people get really mad. Mm-hmm. Like you can be to that spot and it's public land and they'll be driving in a boat and everybody just start yelling at each other as you're going by, you know, they're going to set up or, or whatever. And then later that day, there'd be like almost fights over people saying, Hey, you took my spot. And I'm like, isn't this all like public stuff? Like who took whose spot? It's not your spot. Like you don't own that piece of property. That's a big argument with it. I think too, is, you know, it's public land, but people claim that it's their spots and stuff. And I don't know. I'm not really sure. Like I get where, you know, putting in the work to, to find these areas, you know, and somebody being there, but, you know, that's just how it goes. Like it's part of that because you don't own it. You know, if it was your property and somebody else was there, that's a different story, but it's public land and it's first come first serve. I mean, that's just how it is. And, but, oh yeah, I mean, you know, there, there is some rules I feel like that kind of go with it just because, you know, you don't want to like in the fishing aspect, you know, you see somebody and you see it all the time. If you've been down fishing or whatever, you see this boat over there and he's just, you know, pulling them in left and right. And then there's this guy that's just has to, you know, roll up 20, 30 foot away to get in on that aspect. It's like, <laughs> there's rules. Like if you see a yeah. guy in a set, don't sit next to him. Don't even sit in eye distance from him. Like give him the distance. If they're there, like be respectful. And that just avoids all problems. Like, you know, sometimes you're going to walk up on somebody and that's just how it goes. But just be respectful. You know, how are you supposed to know that they're in the tree until you see them, you know? It's just how that goes. But yeah, no, I, I think there's definitely the rules of, you know, being respectful and keeping your distance. And if, you know, if that's your spot and you worked your butt off to get there and somebody's there before you, you know, I guess you're going to have to move on and go to a different spot. You know, it's, it's just how it is. It. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of etiquette to it, but yeah. like, there's a lot of old timers and, and a lot of people that are like, you know, they got their spots. Like you're saying with the duck hunters, I know a duck hunters <laughs> can definitely be that in that way. And, they're not going to take no, they're not going to take, uh, I'll go find another spot. You know, they don't want to do that. And I understand that, you know, when you put in the work for it and you know, a lot of work goes in, especially public land, a lot of work goes into it, scouting and stands and, you know, different stuff like that. And it's just, you know, it's part of the, the journey of it. You know, it's, it's public land, you know, you gotta be flexible. Yeah. You gotta be flexible. You gotta have some plan, you know, a couple of different plans. Like if this doesn't work out, have a couple, don't have just one spot. That's you're all in. You know, and have some options. You know, if you got to move on, you got to move on. It's just how it goes. But so, like, go scouting. I would probably the what it sounds like from the conversation is, I can go find this public land, search out the best spots. It would probably be better to go scout it first, pin it on my, on like on my phone, my GPS, whatever I can do. Like, pin those spots that I've got. Okay, this spot looks good. And then go find a couple different spots. And so if I get out there and somebody's in that spot, I can go try this one. I can go try that one. And like survey the land first, maybe take a day or two on a weekend where you don't actually go hunting with it. You just go out there and check it out and then come back again and set up in those spots and then just have at it. Just, you know, then it's like, 
hunting etiquette where, you know, you look behind you, make sure nobody's back there before you shoot, nobody's in your line of sight, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's all open game after that. Pretty much, yep. I think a lot, most of the work, as far as public land goes, is just, you know, establishing the areas that you want to hunt. You know, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of scouting that's involved, like we were saying, a lot of scouting, a lot of hiking into your areas. Um, you're going to be probably doing more of that than you are probably hunting until you've got enough areas established in the sense, you know. What would I look for when I scout for something? Like if I'm out there walking through your eyes, like what are you looking at uh, when you see an area? Are you looking for like brushy spots and then an open spot? I mean, I know what to look for in fishing, mm -hmm. but I, I have no clue in so, hunting where those animals are going to be. So for, for like our process, you know, being out like at the ranch and stuff, we're always looking for tracks. We're looking for fresh sign. Um, you know, anything that tells us that animals have been here recently. And with pigs, that kind of helps you out a little bit more is they love to root up stuff and they're going to make their presence known. If you look in fields around here, you're going to see that they've been there. Um, so you just look for a lot of sign. Um, you know, pigs, when they bed, typically pigs are active. Oh, they're, mainly nocturnal animals um that's when they feel the safest they come out overnight um but typically you know their their movement is from the evenings all over into the night and a little bit into the morning and then they go bed in for the day um cooler days they they stay out a little bit longer because they they can handle it when it's really hot they're not going to be out during the day they're going to find the thickest cover um the cooler like little creek bottoms and stuff that that's going to keep that cooler temperatures in like that um, so you just want to look for a lot of, you know, you, you definitely want to look for natural game trails that things have been traveling on, um, scout for, uh, you know, rooting, um, another really cool sign to look for is mud on trees. Pigs love to scratch themselves on trees. And when they're muddy like that, you can, there's usually, you know, a two, three foot solid, just mud smears on the trees. And so we look for a lot of that out there. We look for tracks. We look for, um, the you know, the rubs that they do the same kind of like with whitetail, you know, when they're, when they're rubbing the trees and stuff like that, but yeah, they'll rub up all that mud on there like that. So, and they, I think they make a little bit more mess of like, if you're looking for compared to like deer or something like that, they definitely, yeah. they definitely clear out some stuff and, and clean out areas and till up like, like they always do. And yeah, I think that just natural game trails, uh, look for cover. Um, a lot of like, if you can set up on like Creek bottoms or, or areas that are transitioning into maybe like a creek or a river along the river, um, different things like that uh, is is really good areas to to look for. And like I said, pigs pigs will leave a lot of signs, so it's really not too hard to find where they've been. Um, you know, fresh scat, different stuff like that. Little just indicators that there's been animals recently is is a big part of how we do our sets and. Like I said, just even like natural bottlenecks, you know, somewhere where it's really thick brush and, uh, you know, like maybe like fence lines or little clearings in thick brush where it's easier for animals to travel. Because an animal typically that's not stressed out or anything is going to take the easier path. If there's a trail through the thickest brush and then there's a clearing, they're going to take that clearing. It's just easier for them. So you look for things like that, um, you know, little openings and in different you know, different things like that, that, uh, that you want to focus on and, and hunt those areas. And, you know, that's always, always typically works out pretty good. So, 
man, that's all. That's really cool. I'm sitting here like envisioning it right now, like in in my imagination, like looking in like wooded areas and spots that I can remember or see in my mind, like kind of making them up as you're talking about it. So that's super helpful as far as for somebody in my shoes, who's, as you can tell by listening to my questions, like, I don't know a bunch about this type of hunting, you know? So, um, I think it's all really helpful and I haven't ever heard anybody answer these questions. You did an awesome job describing it. Um, I feel like, and would you, suggest somebody go on guided hunts like through your type of place and i'm not saying that it's like to promote your deal or to sell stuff but for me if i want to get comfortable with shooting an animal is it better to start out going through a guide i think so in my aspect of someone that's a new hunter um obviously you know with going with an outfit there's a you know, there's there's some some money to pay as far as like depending on where you go. You know, some places are cheaper than others. Some are you know really expensive. But I think as far as being new to it and wanting the full experience and like going with someone that's gonna give you your best opportunity to be successful. Um, yeah, absolutely. I I think going with a guide who knows the area. Um, it's obviously just gonna improve your odds, but they're gonna. It's oh, what I always took is is learning from that, you know, and and watching what they do and why they do it and why they go to these areas and and different things like that. So I think, yeah, I, th- I think as far as being a new hunter and and wanting to be successful, absolutely. Uh, you know, most of the guides, they're gonna know their areas and they're gonna know where to take you and they're gonna help you get there. You know, especially in this aspect of what you want to do or you know the the more of a rush part of it, of doing like a spot and stock. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot that goes into that. And so just being stealthy, you know, that would be surprisingly, that takes a lot of, uh, a lot of practice to be stealthy <laughs> watching the animal and also not stepping on and snapping a, you know, a, a, a limb. You're trying to watch where you're stepping and also watching, make sure the animal's not looking to you. Um, uh, actually like the other day or actually yesterday, I was sneaking into, um, we just filled a feeder. We're driving back and there was a group of pigs out in the road and I stopped the truck and I, they went into the brush and I followed them in the trail and the trail was really tight and finally it opened up and I was surrounded by pigs. That was probably 20 or 30 pigs in there. And just watching your steps goes, you'd be surprised how close you can get to the animals if your, your movements are really low and you know, you're, you're watching where you're stepping. Obviously the wind is huge. Um, but in the aspect of just wanting to be successful in a new hunter, yeah, I, I think going with a guide will, will help you get that opportunity. And once you get that kill under your belt, it's just a little bit more that you're, you know, you've, you've kind of solved the whole process of how it happened and you just learn from that. And it just comes from practice. It comes from practice and, uh, learning your areas, depending on what you do and, and where you hunt. It, uh, is, it, there's a lot to it, but yeah, I think, uh, I think going with a guy would be a it's probably a good bet just starting out until is, you get some experience. Do the guides typically teach you, like, do you typically teach your people how to field dress an animal that's never shot it before? Absolutely. I, uh, there's some people that want to do it themselves. Uh, we typically are, you know, it's just comes with it. You know, we're going to, we're going to take it you to your blinds. We're going to quarter, we're going to, we're going to skin your animals. We're quartered up for you, everything. Um, I really, and I really like it because, it's just, it's kind of one of my favorite processes. It's kind of weird, but it's just, 
I really like that because you know where your, your food's coming from. But just breaking down the animal and like, you know, it's just kind of, it, I don't know why I've always really enjoyed that aspect of it. But, uh, but yeah, no, we'll, I, we will happily teach anybody that would want to learn. Um, I really, I'm, I love to teach people something that is new to them. That's one of my favorite things to do. Um, and if you want to jump in there and I will help you the whole way if, and guide you with it and stuff like that. And some people, you know, they'll do it themselves, but yeah, no, I, we, we don't typically do it because most of the people really don't want to learn <laughs> yeah. if they don't know yeah. already. I mean, it comes kind of comes with with the cost, I guess, of, of going out there, it, you know, we, yeah. we take care of the animals for the customers and they just get to hang out and just sit and talk with us while we're doing it. But if somebody wants, you know, younger kids and stuff that want to learn, I would love to do it. Or anybody that, you know, doesn't know about it. Absolutely. I think it's a great, uh, uh a great skill to have, to be able to, to, to butcher an animal and, and break it down and the different cuts. And, um, you know, it, you can really mess up a, an animal if you're not, no. you're not careful and you'll lose a lot more meat yeah. than, than you got. So, well, that's what, yeah, you want to be careful. And I would want to learn, um, you know, you said the term harvesting an animal is interesting to me. Um, and the way I look at it, like they, they go out and they get a harvest, right? Well, in order to actually harvest the animal for me, I'm going to have to do the dressing, like get my meat, you know, clean the animal, process it from start to finish you know i may have help getting to that point i may have help like setting up in the right spot shooting it but if i dress the animal all of a sudden i've harvested the meal for my family that's the way i would feel about it so uh in order to use that term i would need to be at least part of the process of dressing that animal so i need to be there with you like you teaching me how to do it it kind of leads me to a different question that I have when you were saying something about little kids. So, like, I've got a 14, a 9, 11-year-old, right? What if I want to take them out there? Two girls and a boy, right? I want to take them out there. Is that too young for them to be out there, like, watching, hunting with you? Um, can they can they go out on this guided hunt and watch and see the process and then be a part of the process of harvesting the animal, which is like dressing and stuff. How's that work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we honestly will cater. We love getting children and actually the way we do it, we, we want to get kids in the outdoors. I feel like, you know, this day and age technology is definitely taking over. So getting kids out there in the woods and learning like basic survival skills and, and hunting and stuff like that. I'm, Hopefully that won't ever go away, but you know it's definitely dwindling. You know, there's yeah. not many kids that that know that kind of stuff anymore and, and stuff like that. But yeah, no, we actually don't even charge for taking kids out. That's like one of our things. Like kids that kids come out for free and they hunt for free, and that's that's Whoa. a big part of what we we want to get children. We want to get kids out there um, getting that experience. But yeah, absolutely. Um, you know what we can do. Um, obviously, rifles is a best bet for a kid. Yeah. You know, it's just. Yeah. You know, there's a lot that go a, they right. Can't pull that much right. poundage back on. A yeah, and so. it's just it, it's better for them because it's it's a little easier of a process, so they can get the harvest. Um, you know, bow hunting is is a lot more challenging, and even for somebody that does it, you're not always successful, no matter if everything goes right. You know, but taking you know taking somebody out, well, I mostly what we'll do is we'll set in the stand, set up at a feeder. A lot of our stands are fairly close. You know, I think. The, one of our farthest shots is probably about 70 yards and we have shots up to 40 yards. And so we have areas that are close, easy shots. Um, 
but yeah, I, you know, say if I took, you know, your kids out and stuff like that, I'd be there the whole way. They get to see the whole process. Um, and yeah, and, and just, and teach them as well as why I do everything and, and everything that goes into the hunting, you know what I mean? And, and like showing them why I do this and we're, you know, you know, why we're going here and everything like that. But yeah, absolutely. We, taking kids out would be a great thing. Um, and I would be there the whole pro. You know, I, I would love to sit with them, especially a family that wants to learn how to hunt and hasn't really done that. I would be sitting in the blind right there with y'all and, and just guiding y'all every way. And the good thing about pigs is, you know, with deer, it's a little different as far as like, you know, most people want, you know, you want to shoot a, a buck that's mature and not, you know, too young. And with pigs, it really doesn't matter. You know, whatever comes out, it, it's free game and you can, you can make your shot. So, I feel like uh, for pigs, taking kids out, they have a, a, a lot greater of an opportunity than maybe whitetail, um, just you know starting out. But yeah, yeah, they they're gonna get a little bit of a success rate because there's more of them, more of them you can shoot, mm-hmm. more chance you're gonna see one. Uh, the I guess I'm assuming from what I tell, like there's less um, technical things that you have to do in order to stalk one. You know, mm-hmm. not scaring the deer off. It's easier to scare deer off than it is a hog mm-hmm. and that sort of thing and to find them and whatnot so it seems like as a as a kid you know putting myself in that which i am a kid um that excitement level of actually getting an animal instead of just going out waiting not seeing anything not getting anything right. going out waiting not seeing you know mm-hmm. then it's like oh, i don't want to hunt anymore because this is boring yeah it's like boring. i'm sitting out here now I'm seeing some action. I actually get something and I get to process it. Now I've got the taste in my, you know, like, right. oh, this was what I just did. And we're eating on the dinner table what we got today. So um, I can see we're starting out with hogs, even for someone like me, even for someone just starting out, like what you said today, um, instead of just going out and wanting to get like this big buck right off the bat, maybe start small with the hogs and go shoot an animal, go get in it, and then you start to meet people in it, and you start to, you know, gain a little bit more knowledge here, there, here, there. Then you'll see other animals while you're looking for hogs, obviously. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, the process seems like it builds from that point. Absolutely. Like you were saying, like wanting to be, you know, involved in the whole process, like I think that's like really the biggest part of like hunting, and as far as how I see it, it's just like the whole start to finish, you know, locating the animal, making your shot, and, and getting the animal and really the work starts then, you know, once you get the animal down, that's when the work starts. But being like in that whole process from, from the beginning to the end, and then you're sitting at the table and, you know, you just, uh, smoke the ham that you, you know, off the pig you shot. And that's a story to tell. And it's like, man, I, I remember that. Like I snuck up on this pig 20 yards and, and got it. And now we're here, you know, it's, it's the whole thing of hunting, um, is, is really what I like to instill in people. Cause everybody has a different view on hunting and um, it's just how you're brought up, I guess, and, and how you're introduced into it. But I think there's just a huge process of even before and past the actual killing of the animal. There's, it's the whole aspect of what you're doing. The kill, of course, you know, you want to get a kill, but there's a lot more to it than, than just harvesting the animal. You know, it's, it's, it's a, a big process and uh it's really, really cool, and it could be really meaningful. You know, I, I recently just um, let's talk about my stepdad that got me into bow hunting. I uh, just recently got to take him out and show him the ranch. I've been telling my parents about it a lot, and so my mom and dad came out, and um, we went driving around, and we sat at this one spot, 
and we saw a, a nice pig. A, it was a, a younger red boar, and he kind of just cruised through. And it's cool because I know some of these areas, I can tell this is where they're going to come out. And sure enough, it's kind of cool when they actually fall. The, you know, they listen to what I was saying. So <laughs> came out and said, there's probably going to come out on this side. And he'll either come to the feeder or he's going to keep going across. And he was looking for sows, so he just kind of went went across. But then I took him to another spot, and we saw a group of pigs in, in the field and got to sneak up and saw him at 200 yards about and snuck up to 30, and he made a shot and dropped the pig and with his bow. and never done a spot in stock before and, and hadn't got to shoot a pig with his bow. Shot many with a rifle and stuff, but hadn't got to shoot a pig with his bow. And, I mean, to him for, for him to be successful the first night out, I mean, I, I think that was the most excited I've ever been hunting. Like, I've – been I've you know I've shot some some pretty good animals and stuff but I've never been that excited like I was I was shaking so bad I was so <laughs> pumped and he was calm as can be just cool he's like he's like you know he's probably like are you all right I'm like oh, I'm good and like trying to arrange this animal is just shaking but that was probably one of my one of my best moments of just getting to to give back in the aspect of taking someone who's taught me everything and getting to take him out and and being success, successful was was like super awesome so that um you know, there's a lot of memories to be made hunting, and that's why I think it's a, it's just a big family thing, you know, and the camaraderie with your friends and and meeting people and different things like that. That's what really hunting's about. Um, I meet so many cool people from different areas, from Alaska, and they're telling me stories about getting charged by grizzly bears, and I'm like, I don't even. Oh, that's out of my realm, you oh know. Oh my gosh, man! You just see videos. Oh, of that. we watched. Uh, I was doing a meat eater like on YouTube. We watched Brave Wilderness. We watched all these other things, but um, Steve Rennell and them. I'm a big fan of that whole group. That, Same. They're I, very educational with stuff. Oh, super I, I educational. It. And so we were. I was scrolling through videos, and it's like false charged by uh, a grizzly bear with its cubs, and it comes out of nowhere, and it's going fast. And mm-hmm. my heart watching the video went boom, boom, boom. It like started. Oh, absolutely. Like, it went from like, oh, this is a fun. Oh, oh yeah. I got tense like after. And I wasn't even there. Yeah, that's a video that's, on YouTube. And you know? a saw with, with cubs is just a bad a bad mix to get into. That's for sure. Yeah. But they, uh, yeah, it's just like, it's just crazy. And you know, I've, I've been I've been bluff charged by a few big boars and stuff like that. That they, they try to punk you like that. And when they know you're there you know those bigger older boars they don't they're not going to run like the other pigs they kind of stand their ground a little bit i mean that's nothing compared to a grizzly bear but like i said you can see what they do to those dogs <laughs> they can do that to you i mean they yeah. can lay you open pretty good with those tusks so and it's tough to shoot something moving oh absolutely really fast at you and you know depending on the distance like i said just you know if you just pop up over this hill and there's a, a sow at 50 yards she can she'll cover that 50 yards before you can even draw your pistol or your rifle or something like that so yeah oh yeah yeah, it's uh, but yeah, you do meet a lot of different people and hear different stories. I mean, I, I've talked, I've taken guys out that been hunting all over Africa and all this stuff. So you meet a lot of cool people, a lot of connections. Been invited to a couple hunts that I hope I, I'm, I'm planning on going on a black bear hunt that one of the guys oh, I took right on take me out. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, trying to get that in the works. But you you meet a lot of connections, a lot of really cool people, and you know people I still talk to you know, regularly on Facebook and different stuff like that. And so it's really cool. I really enjoy that, you know, just meeting different people and, you know, the different walks of life. I, that's probably one of my favorite parts of it too, being a guide, you know. You, you meet all kinds of really cool people and get to share the experience of, you know, I love when here recently, you know, since I've been guiding, I've really, really found how excited I get taking people out. And like when I get to do the spot and stock stuff, 
Like that's my favorite. Like I I don't mind sitting in the stands, but when you get to get out there, it's just more to do, and like you're you're in there, you don't get as bored. Because sometimes sitting in a box blind, you get a little bored and a little tired. But uh, when you get to go out there and and take guys and sneak up on pigs, it's a rush, and it's it's so cool to see how happy they are when when it all comes together. I think that's like a really big part of why I do it. Just making people happy and stuff. It's it's uh, it's awesome. It's a good job. Well, man, I, you fired me up to want to just to go out and shoot something and harvest an animal now. Um, is and it's really like. I appreciate the work that you've done. Being a guide, uh, being willing to take the kids out, I think that's super important. I really like that part of getting kids out because I, I don't think that they'll they'll um, they they can't ever learn a lesson as valuable as being out there in the in the wild in the wilderness and doing something like that. Um, and the skill that they'll have over, like you said, the numbers dwindling down, the skill that they'll have over their peers, being able to do that. And being able to teach people and being able to be involved in it, and just the feeling you get, um, it's and the appreciation for life that you have and nature and you know the just everything all it encompasses. It really is just a, a it's a thing I want to get my kids into, and I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing all this really good information, man. Um, is there anything that you want to plug? You want to plug like let's go ahead and plug your your guide service again. And any other sites or any other equipment or anything else that you want to plug, go ahead, man, while you have the chance. Yeah, um, like I said, uh, the outfit that I work for is Arrowhead Outfitters in Cameron, Texas. We have a website. I believe it's arrowheadoutfittershogs.com. We're also on Facebook, Arrowhead Outfitters LLC. Uh, we're constantly posting up-to-date pictures. All our people that harvest pigs, we, we try to that week we try to upload everything. So people are seeing what's going on consistently. Um, and we also put a lot of our game camera pictures like that. So people know that we're getting hogs consistently and we're honestly covered up in them. So if anybody's listening that would love to come out, uh, my name's Tim Goodman. Uh, you can contact us on on our website and, and book a hunt with me and I'd be glad to take you out. And so like, they can request you? Yeah. They and just can, put it in there in the messages or when they call, just request for you and then they'll yep, set you up with it? Absolutely. And and I'm out there pretty much all all week. Um, and so, like I said, I'm... I'm I'm most likely one of our other guides is coming into town. He's he's from Minnesota, so he'll be out there as well, just to kind of split it up because our groups are start are about to start getting big. We're going to start. We have a couple groups that are like ten guys at once, so it definitely have to split that up a little bit. But if anybody wants to come out and request me, I'd be happy to take you out. Um, any bow hunters is is really what I want to do, but I'll take anybody out, any skill level, anything, teach you what you want to know, and and get you a pig. Man, I love it that all these guides come from all over the place, and it's like a melting pot of just, you make so many friends. Like you're saying, you got the other guy coming from Minnesota. That's so cool to be able to know somebody up there that does the same thing and have the same appreciation for the same type of work that you do. Super cool, man. Thanks, Tim. Absolutely. I appreciate it, dude. Yes, sir.